for great-looking T-shirts, hoodies, and sweatshirts. The TNT Shop is now open at tntradio.live. This is the Steve Malzberg Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, folks, welcome aboard. It's four minutes past the hour of 9 p.m. Eastern Time here on the East Coast of the United States on Friday night. And you know what day and time it is wherever you are partaking of the Steve Malzberg Show here on TNT. And just a few hours ago, uh, the United States launched its retaliatory strikes against um, Iranian proxies. God forbid they should ever do it against Iran because we know Iran doesn't want a war and we don't want a war and we can't harm a civilian and we dare not uh, touch Iran inside Iran. They could kill our soldiers. They could wound our soldiers. Uh, but, you know, and they could finance and guide and direct the Nazi Hamas to kill civilians and slaughter them and burn them alive. But God forbid we do anything inside Iran. So what we did was about um, 125 strikes on about 85 targets in Iraq and Syria, uh, all of them related to um, Iran. They have uh, outposts there. They had, they had, I believe, they had important people there, commanders, etc. But as has been pointed out since these attacks were launched, we've been telegraphing. We've been telegraphing where we're going to strike, where we're not going to strike, what we're going to do and what we're not going to do. And I, I heard one, one uh, guest on Fox News went so far as to say that, that the sources are telling him that we basically alerted Iran to exactly what we're going to do. Now, would that surprise me in the least? Absolutely not. As a matter of fact, I could see Barack Obama picking up the phone and calling the Ayatollah. Hey, bud, just want to give you a heads up. Get your, uh, get your important people out of Syria and Iraq because here's where we're going to strike. And you think I'm kidding? I'm not kidding. I could see that happening. <laughs> I could see it happening for sure. Now, amazing. Just think of this. We flew... Two B-1 bombers from the United States refueled in midair, and they struck targets as well. Um, and for what, what I'm getting here, they hit seven facilities, three uh, in Iraq, four in Syria, all of them linked to the uh, Iranian National Guard, the, the IRGC, and Iranian-backed militias. But again... They had plenty of time to move people out, commanders, important people to them, out. Bring them into Tehran because that's not going to get hit. Bring them anywhere into Iran because that's not going to get hit. They knew that. And they had a week, a week to prepare for the U.S. retaliation, which to me, as a non-military person, just a layman, just an observer, Makes absolutely no sense. So the president ordered the strikes. Now, yeah, they, they say he ordered them. 
But then again, I had heard earlier that they knew when they were going to strike. So when did he order them? It came after, hours after, the uh, dignified transfer of the bodies of the three dead American soldiers who came back from, the bodies come back from the Middle East to Dover Air Force Base, where the president and the first lady and the defense secretary and the families of those three soldiers attended the ceremony. And the president stood there for the most part with his hand on his heart. He looked very upset as the coffins were carried. And uh, he also uh, reportedly spoke with, met with family members of the three dead soldiers from Jordan, from the United States, but who were killed in, in Jordan last Saturday and got emotional there as well. I mean, that's great. That's great. He did the right thing, met with the families, was at the Air Force Base. It upset him like anybody would be upset. He's older, probably felt it more, showed it more. Fine. That doesn't excuse the, 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 the way we retaliated. And I know we're not finished. We're not finished. Hey, Barack, get ready to call the Ayatollah again. We're not finished. Give me a heads up. It's, uh, it's sad. It's very sad that we're the United States of America and all we keep hearing is, well, Iran, you know, hey, Iran didn't tell Hamas what to do. Iran was shocked. Iran didn't tell anybody to, to kill those soldiers in, in Jordan and at, the, uh, at the Tower 22 in Jordan. Iran was shocked. <laughs> yeah, you believe that? I got a bridge to sell you in Brooklyn. Real cheap. Whatever you want to pay, whatever cash you got in your pocket. It's, uh, it's a sad situation. And Iran's laughing at us. The, the Russia's laughing at us. China's laughing at us. We're afraid. We, we're afraid to use our military might, whatever we have of it. I'm sure we have plenty. But if you don't use it, you're not going to deter Iran. Iran only knows strength and fear. And if we don't use our strength and invoke fear into the hearts of the terrorist animals in Iran who run that country, then they're going to keep doing it. Then they're going to keep attacking us. Not them, of course. No, just the groups that they advise and, 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 uh, and give weapons to and command. And, no, but not Iran. <laughs> wow. And we didn't touch anything in Yemen, from what I understand. I guess Iran didn't want us to go to Yemen either. Got to keep those hooties happy. No, it is what it is. It is what it is. It's a very sad situation. And that's, where, that's where we are. I want you to hear on Fox News after the, uh, the beginning of the attacks uh, were announced, uh, they spoke to uh, Lieutenant General um, uh, Keith Kellogg, retired. Here is cut uh, F-27. The, the Middle East is a very important area. And by the, oh, by the way, you know, on 7 October, they killed Americans too. And That's they've right. taken American hostage. Remember that one. You know, and you look at it, you say, look, this is an important area for us. And look, let me tell you who doesn't want a war and doesn't want to escalate. Iran doesn't. 
because Iran knows what we could do to them if we really went after them full scope militarily. Fordo, their military facilities enriching uranium, that could be gone. There's key leadership, could be gone. The Iranian Navy, gone. Refineries, gone. We could reduce the, Iran to a second and third level country if we wanted to do. They know that. And you have to make that threat from us after they start the fight credible. And we haven't done that because they're saying right now, sitting in Iran, hey, they're not coming after us. They're not going to come after our leaders. They're not going to come after our facilities. They're going to attack those guys out there in Iraq, those guys out there in Syria, maybe those guys out there in Yemen. This is a good deal for us. Yeah, they don't care about them. Think they care about them? <laughs> yep, no, we're not going to touch anybody in Iran. No, 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 none of their facilities. Nothing, nothing. Don't forget, Barack Obama wants to have lunch and breakfast with the Ayatollah. They're nice guys. The Ayatollah, the, or the, the, uh, the Revolutionary Guard, they're really nice people. You know, really nice people. By the way, where's the, uh, uh, the GLAD and all the, uh, the, the, the human rights organizations in this country and, and all the pro-gay uh, people groups and all that? Where, where, are, the, where are they protesting against um, Iran and all their proxies and Hamas and Hezbollah and all the rest of them? And somebody mentioned, yes, oh, Kevin Sorbo mentioned, and it's true. It's so ridiculous. You got people walking around here in the streets saying, um, oh, um, uh, signs with um, yeah, gays for, uh, or trans for Hamas or whatever. <laughs> Go visit Hamas. <laughs> See what they do to you. Oh, my. It's, it's, it's insane. Right, here's one more from the, uh, the uh, Lieutenant General. Kellogg, retired on Fox. Here is cut number 28. They understand what they're doing. They've got a very talented uh, Quds force, which is the external force the Iranians use. And they've got a, a military that understands that as well. They read this very, very well. And I think what they're saying right now is the Americans are afraid of escalation. They are risk averse to, to escalation. They've got leadership and advisors that are adverse to escalation instead of just the opposite. Instead yeah. of them going, I'm going 40, uh, 40 levels deep in a bunker because I know the yeah. Americans are coming after me. It, and the <laughs> only way you're going to establish some credibility is to establish a deterrence model that they stop doing this. And it's going to be hard. Yeah, we're not gonna, they're not going to stop doing it. They're going to stop doing it. And, and again, this is something nobody, nobody seems to care about. Nobody remembers. Um, Hamas killed Americans on October 7th. Hamas took Americans hostage on October 7th. Hamas is holding American or whoever they, I'm not going to say the word, whoever they gave them to, whoever they, they took them, you know, uh, Islamic Jihad or just some, some happy people just looking for a thrill, whoever has them. We don't know where the American hostages are. We don't know if they're alive or dead. We don't know if any of them are alive or dead. But that doesn't seem to bother anybody. Doesn't seem to bother this administration. Have you heard? Have you heard? Have you heard um, this administration once say there will be no ceasefire? There will be no cessation of it. There will be no supplies let into Gaza until the hostages, including Americans, 
get to see the Red Cross, until the Red Cross gets to see the hostages. No, 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 no. Can't say that. Can't say that. And ruin the fun of the Nazis? Come on. Come on. You know what they're doing to those hostages. What are they going to do for fun? Unbelievable. This administration is unbelievable. Really. But hey, you know, they are who they are. And who is Joe Biden? When Barack Obama decided or was deciding to, to, to go get Osama bin Laden, Joe Biden advised him not to. I mean, they knew he was in this, you know, facility, this compound with a home there, whatever it was. Joe Biden advised him not to. Why? Because you might hit us, you might harm a civilian. You might harm a civilian. So there again, the mindset is always there. Be a terrorist, kill 3,000 Americans, plan on doing more, and we could eliminate him. But because he's living amongst, in, in a home with other people, oh, Joe Biden says, oh, don't go, don't go after him. Somebody might get hurt. Better let him plan another terrorist attack and kill 3,000 more Americans. That's the American way, right, Joe? And then when Donald Trump killed Soleimani in retaliation for a, um, an attack uh, in Iraq that killed a, a U.S. Um, uh, contractor in 2020, um, Iranian proxies uh, did it, of course. It's always Iranian proxies. And we got, um, we, we went and we, we killed Soleimani who is the head of the, uh, the um, Iranian Revolutionary Guard Quds Force, big general, big important man. Oh, Joe Biden didn't like that one little tiny itsy bitsy bit. Here's cut 29. This morning, we could be on the brink of a new kind of major conflict in the Middle East. And we'll likely see Iran ramping up its nuclear enrichment in the coming days, putting an extremely dangerous problem that our administration had solved and put on the back burner, back on the table. I hope the administration, I pray the administration has thought through the second and third order consequences of what they have chosen. So if this clown had his way, Osama bin Laden would be alive, Soleimani would be alive. <laughs> and this wasn't even... Because Trump hurt civilians. I don't know if he did or not. That's, the, not. that's not what he was complaining about. He was complaining about, get this, we now have forced, at that time in 2020, Trump had forced, because we killed Soleimani, in retaliation, legitimate retaliation, now Iran is going to ramp up their nuclear program again, which they had solved, the Biden administration. Oh, God, please. Please. Living in a fog, living in a, in a surreal, living in bizarro world. Bizarro world. Like I said, it all goes back to Seinfeld, doesn't it? Oh, my goodness. Okay, so um, I don't know if you caught this, and that's why I'm here to catch it for you. Um, Peter Alexander of NBC News, to his credit, uh, confronted the Defense Secretary of the United States. Lloyd Austin, 
at a press conference on Thursday. And I got to tell you, watching Austin, listening to his answer, as you will in a second, it's scary. It's scary. He sounds a lot like Karine Jean-Pierre in, in the quality of answer to a question. And again, he looks down like he's reading. Now, maybe he just looks down when he talks to people. I don't know why he wouldn't look like, you know, straight at you. Maybe he, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he, he has to read like she does and like Biden does. But these answers aren't good. They don't make sense. They're almost, you know, almost really nonsensical, almost uh, just way out of whack. So let's give a listen to cut F-14. You were hospitalized for days before you informed the White House or the Commander-in-Chief of your condition and your absence. Anyone else within the military chain of command would have faced reprimand or even dismissal. Why shouldn't that same standard apply to you, sir? Well, let me just say that, uh, uh, thanks for the question, that, that we didn't get this right. And as I said, I take full responsibility for uh, for uh, the department's actions uh, in terms of w why uh, on the second notification was was not made to the White House. Uh, that information was available. Uh, I'm not sure uh, at this point uh, what exactly happened, but I think details uh, will uh, will play out as a review is, is conducted. He doesn't know. Over a month later, why the White House wasn't told, but they're reviewing the matter? He doesn't know why the White House wasn't informed? I think it's pretty darn simple to figure it out. Who knew? You knew. Why didn't you tell the White House? That's number one, obviously. Oh, we didn't handle this uh, the right way, and uh, uh, we, we're not sure why the White House wasn't notified. What the hell are you talking about? This didn't happen two days ago. It happened a month ago. Our defense secretary, ladies and gentlemen. I'm checking boxes for those of you listening and not watching. Our defense secretary. I don't, I don't understand that answer at all. Not one little bit. How could you not know? Who knew? Did you tell anybody to tell? The, the White House? Did you not? Who was the person who knew? He, I know the other day he said he had somebody. He said, I told her to call the ambulance. Maybe his assistant. I don't know who he was with when the ambulance was called. Did she, was she supposed to tell the White House? What do you mean you don't know? This is really, really pathetic. That's a Karine Jean-Pierre answer. And here we go with uh, cut number F-15. There have been more than 160 strikes on American targets across the region, as you noted, since October. Why has the U.S. waited until American service members were killed to escalate its response? Um, responded a number of times uh, and taken out... Uh, um, uh, first of all, th their attacks, uh, many of them, most of them are going to be ineffective. Many of, and most of them we're going to defend ourselves against. Uh, and um, 
whenever we uh, conduct a, uh, a strike, we're going to hit at what we're aiming at. We're going to take away capability. We're going to we're going to do what we're uh, uh, desiring to do. Uh, and so this this particular attack um, was egregious in that it you know the attack um, was on uh, the sleeping area of one of of, of our base. What the hell was that? Was this Joe Biden inside the body of Lloyd Austin? Or is this what Lloyd Austin has become? I want to play it again in a sec. Listen to the question, which is never answered. Listen to how he diminishes the previous attacks on our our bases, our soldiers, where dozens and dozens and dozens of soldiers over the many, many attacks have suffered great injury, including brain injuries. And he's there to tell you, oh, they're, they're, they're really successful. They're, you know, they're really. Uh, 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 uh. Who, what has happened to this man? What the hell's going on? Get, get another load of this and tell me that you have confidence in this man's ability to make decisions about our military, which he's probably not making anyway. Barack Obama. Uh, here again is a cut F. 15. There have been more than 160 strikes on American targets across the region, as you noted, since October. Why has the U.S. waited until American service members were killed to escalate its response? Well, um, responded a number of times uh, and taken out, uh, um, first of all, th their attacks uh, many of them, most of them are going to be ineffective. Many of and most of them we're going to defend ourselves against. Uh, and um, uh, whenever we uh, conduct a, uh, a strike, we're going to hit at what we're aiming at. We're going to take away capability. We're going to we're going to do what we're uh, uh, desiring to do. Uh, and so this this particular attack um, was egregious in that, it, you know, the attack um, was on uh, the sleeping area of one of, of, of our base. Many of their attacks are going to defend themselves against. What the hell is he talking? What does that even mean? What? It, what wow. Wow. Where's the rest of the media saying, playing this and saying, who is this guy? Ah, folks, <laughs> we are so, so screwed. Oh, God. Look, if he's ill, if his mind is not on the job, if he's in pain and can't do this, and that's the best he could speak in public to address his actions, his inactions, and the actions of our enemies, get him the hell out. Sit him the hell down. Wow. That was bad, bad, bad. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. Steve Malzberg right here. On TNT. TNT's Kate Shimarani. I'm of the, the belief that your body can totally, 100% heal itself. If you remove the offending things and you flood your body with what it needs. What do your dogs and your kids do when they get sick? They lie down and sleep, don't they? They don't want to eat. They get great big temperatures and they just want to rest. What, do you think you're a special, special snowflake? You're any different? No. That's you as well. But what do they want to do when you go to the hospital? I've seen it firsthand in the last couple of weeks. They're just going to serve you rubbish food, wheat, 
sugar, dairy, animal protein, tea and coffee, fluoridated, chlorinated, bromine, water, drugs, pharmaceutical petroleum-based drugs. Kate Shimarani on today's News Talk TNT. Here's a bushfire fact. Bushfires can occur without warning. So if you're traveling during bushfire season, here are three simple steps to remember. One, check the fire danger rating before you go. The higher the fire danger rating, the more dangerous the conditions. It may be safer to replan your trip. Two, think about the area you're going to and what you would do if a fire started. How would you escape the area if you needed to? And where would you go? Check if there's a neighborhood safer place. Three, it's dangerous to drive through smoke or fire. If you can't find a way to avoid the fire, park in a cleared area, face the car towards the fire and turn the engine off. Then lie on the floor and cover yourself to protect yourself from radiant heat. Live bushfire ready. For more helpful tips, visit myfireplan.com.au today. Unbiased information. Honest and forthright. News without the misinformation. It doesn't matter what side you're from. What matters is what you say, the truthfulness behind it. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Hi, folks. Welcome back. Steve Malzberg with you. Um, I want to do one more here along the same lines. Uh, this was an exchange on uh, Fox News. Marie Harf, who uh, used to work uh, for, um, I guess she used to work for, uh, for Obama, if I'm not mistaken. And the uh, former Speaker of the Oklahoma State House, a gentleman named T.W. Shannon, and they were discussing what's going on uh, between Hamas and Israel. And uh, here is cut F, like, like the plane, like the bomber, the F-16. When Joe Biden is up against Donald Trump, who hugs Prime Minister Netanyahu closer than anyone else, who says horrifically racist things about Palestinians, yeah. that is the decision right. here. Go ahead and rebut. You, you, can't be, you can't be intellectually disingenuous about what's happening around the globe. The truth is there is a war between Israel and Hamas, and it's real simple. You're either for Israel or you're for Hamas. And time and time again, the Democrat Party, <laughs> along with Rashida Tlaib and others, they've made it clear that they stand with Hamas, the terrorist on Hamas. And we're not going to forget about what happened. That's on offensive. October 7th, that is offensive that to say. Brutal- that is these, offensive excuse me, to let me say. Finish. Excuse me, I didn't tell you off. Please don't interrupt me. You didn't the way let me that finish. These brutal, uh, uh, terrorists attacked Israeli civilians. That will not soon be forgotten. And the fact that Joe Biden and the Democrat Party are now trying to uh, uh, use use uh, uh, certain types of, of of influence to make Israel stop uh, bringing home the the, the terror, the, bringing home the captives that have been ca- caught by terrorists. That speaks to where the Democrat Party is right now. What we should be saying is, let's bring all of the hostages You have home. no idea what you're talking about right now. now. You oh, have wow. no idea okay. what you're talking about. All right. The Biden administration. Okay. I am going to step in here because that's akin the... to name calling, and I, I can't tolerate it. I really can't. If you want to take each other on, but to say he has no idea of what he's talking about, I, I, no, we're not going to go there. All right. So that it, there's a lot there, but what I found humorous at the end, Harris Faulkner. Oh, oh, that's it. I got to step back. I'm not going to tolerate name calling. I'm just not going to tolerate it. She didn't name call him. She said, and she even repeated it, uh, Harris Faulkner, as the name calling. When 
you don't know what you're talking about. There wasn't a name. She didn't say, you moron, you idiot. You know, she just said, you don't know what you're talking about. And Harris Faulkner refers to that as name calling. I never, I would never call that name calling. That's an insult maybe, but it's not a, it's not calling a name. So I would, I was a little, I thought that was a little uh, humorous. And, uh, and again, you see where, where, uh, where the left is coming from and you see where the majority of Americans uh, are, are coming from uh, when you listen to the former speaker of the uh, Oklahoma State House. Now, I want to go to James Carville. James Carville, the same James Carville who in 1992, famously, while he was advising Bill Clinton, who was running for the office of the presidency the first time, said, it's the economy, stupid. Remember that phrase? You've heard that phrase? That was James Carville. Well, here we are 32 years later, (laughs) and he's still, of course, a Democrat strategist, uh, big wig in the Democrat Party, always uh, talking head, you know, all this kind of stuff. Uh, But I want you to listen uh, to what he said here. You know, there are some on the right who have this theory about the Super Bowl coming up. The Super Bowl, they say that uh, Taylor Swift and her boyfriend on the Chiefs that the NFL is going to fix the Super Bowl so the Chiefs win. And then that's going to put the spotlight on Swift and her boyfriend. And they're going to use the opportunity to come out full force, full gear, full SWAT for Joe Biden. Okay. Now, there are plenty of ways to poo-poo that, discredit that if you're James Carville. But he elects to do it in his own way. And uh, I think we start here first, if I'm not mistaken, with some examples of those in Fox putting forth a a variation of that theory. Here is cut F9. So is Swift a front for a covert political agenda? Primetime obviously has no evidence. If we did, we'd share it. But we're curious because the pop star who endorsed Biden is urging millions of her followers to vote. A single post of hers led to 35,000 new registrants. That's persuadable power. And this administration is locked dead set on harnessing that. Why alienate the, your, the, your fans, the Swifties? If you're Donald Trump or, or part of the far right and you're having trouble with women voters, is there a worse strategy than attacking Taylor Swift? You know... I don't think there's anything strategic about this. I think these, I think most of these people are sexually inadequate and they go for all this crazy stuff. And I don't think, and it's nothing strategic about something not stupid. It's, it's just real stupidity to, to believe something like that. So instead of just saying it's stupid, there's nothing to it, it's stupid to believe something like that, they're sexually inadequate. That's what he says. Most of these people on the right who are espousing this theory or any variation thereof about the Super Bowl and Taylor Swift and, 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 and Kelsey, um, that they're sexually inadequate. Now, I bring that up and that caught my ear and I because it wasn't that long ago that I played this for you from the same James Carville about a month, less than a month ago. Uh, talk about exhibiting. I mean, I could accuse him of being sexually inadequate for for putting this out there. Uh, I don't know why, but I could, I won't. Um, here is cut F10. If you go uh, to the Drudge Report, and I think it'll still be up, th- th- there's a story that talks about Trump having hand cuts. 
and you can link to it. They don't look like cuts to me. They look like sores. And I've asked a number of MDs what medical condition manifests itself through hand sores, and the answer is immediate and unanimous, secondary syphilis. All right, I think I think there's a good chance this man has to clap, and I'm not being particularly secretive about it. I am texting the photo. You can link to it. It's in some operation called the Daily Mail. It's some British thing. It's probably a Fleet Street rag, but you know maybe the picture was doctored or whatever. But I, maybe the story goes somewhere. Maybe it won't. But I'm telling you, at one o'clock Eastern, I'm humping this thing like a young dog on old furniture. So he's fixated, sexually inadequate, the Super Bowl theory with Taylor Swift. Trump has secondary syphilis. He's humping this thing like an old dog with the blah, blah, blah. You think he's got a little sex problem going on in his old head? Do you think? And by the way, I believe he's wearing the same shirt in that YouTube thing he just did from about a month ago that he was wearing (laughs) the other day. During the CNN interview, I believe that was the same shirt. Hey, you know, maybe times are rough for James Carville. It's, you know, after all, it's the economy, stupid, right? But I'm bumped. Now, we're not finished with him. This one isn't sexual uh, necessarily at all, but this crosses a line. The line is the line that would be there if James Carville were a conservative and saying this about Joe Biden, okay? That's the line that would exist for conservatives, Republicans, critics of Biden. But if you, as we've learned on this show, if you've watched or listened, you could say you wanna punch Donald Trump, you could say you wanna beat him up, take him out behind the gym, beat the hell out of him, as Joe Biden has said, as Cory Booker has said, you could threaten Supreme Court justices. You won't know what hit you, as Chuck Schumer has said to two conservative justices. And that's okay. That's okay. But if you said now what you're going to hear James Carville say about Trump, about Biden, and you're a Republican, they'd be after you. You're a threat. You're violent. No wonder the FBI, my bad, that dag, I'm telling you. So here it is, uh, F-11. You cannot let him up. You can't normalize him. You can't let him off the canvas, mm-hmm. not, not for one second. And it might not be the most fun thing to do in a campaign. It might not be what I want to be doing when I'm in my 80th year, but it's what's necessary. We don't get, we don't get to do what we want to do. We get to do what we got to do. And that's where yeah. we are right now. We got to keep the foot on this guy, right on his neck. Take our heel and twist it and never Take let the it heel up. and twist it, which means we got to talk about him. Okay. Jen Psaki, mm, take our heel and twist it, mm, which means we got to talk about him. She's so happy. Ooh. Take our neck, take our heel and twist it, mm, says Jen Psaki, who would be the first in line to go after a Republican who would dare say something like that without that, that violent, you know, uh, that violent uh, kind of language, uh, figuratively or not. However, Carvel meant it. He'll tell you, I'm sure it was figuratively, but whatever. Um, if somebody did it against Biden, Saki's former boss, she would do a whole monologue on it. She would do a whole monologue. How dare the right, the violence, the MAGA, the this, the insurrectionists. I'm telling you, 
but this is commonplace. So instead of saying, well, James, maybe, maybe we shouldn't use that kind of rhetoric. God forbid. Oh, don't twist. Don't take their foot off. Twist it in further. Oh, we got to talk about them. Like, what the hell is that? How many times have I asked that question tonight? You see how it works? Do you see the double standard? Do you, if there was no double standard, there'd be no standard at all. I didn't just make that up. You've heard that a million times. That's how it works. This sex-obsessed nut seems to me, ah, this guy's got syphilis. Ah, he's got secondary syphilis. Ah, yeah, 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 I'm humping it like a dog. That doesn't sound too normal to me. Oh, yeah, they're, they're sexually inadequate. Always with the sexually, sexually, sexually. And then when it comes to Trump, again, get, a, get your foot on his neck and twist it and don't let up. And really? That's allowed? That's normal kind of discourse? That's acceptable discourse? Yes. McCarville, Fasaki. That sounds good. Now we're going to talk about him. Creep. Bunch of leftist creeps. Double standard. Unbelievable. Eh, not unbelievable anymore. It's the way it is. It's the way it goes. Now, um, I want you to listen. This is from um, State of the Union. It's almost a week ago, five days ago. Uh, the uh, governor, um, Christy Nome, she was on the State of the Union. And, you know, some people talking about her as, um, as a possibly vice president. I mean, she is. Gorgeous. I don't want to sound like James Carville, but you'll see for yourself if you haven't seen. She is gorgeous. But I just don't think the gravitas is there. I don't think she's the vice president. I don't think it should be her. Just my opinion for various reasons also. But anyway, I here she is. This is all about immigration. This is all about the false, phony, fake narrative of the left, of the media, uh, that the, the Senate has this great immigration agreement and Donald Trump is sabotaging it. And he's gonna, it's not going to pass because Donald Trump doesn't want it to pass. And we're missing a great opportunity. Meanwhile, we still don't know, as we sit here, everything that's in the bill. Yet, five days ago, six days ago, Dana Bash is saying, oh, what a great bill it is, how it goes so far, and how it's this, and how it's that. How does she know? Did she see it? Because nobody else has seen it yet. So keep that in mind, too. But listen how she pushes back against the governor when the governor makes good points. So here we go. There's a this a, a extensive uh, um, segment. Cut 350. Do you think Texas should do that? Should they defy the Supreme Court? Texas should stand their ground. Uh, they should enforce their state law and go back to the constitutional rights that they've been granted to protect their state sovereignty. And that's what so many of us as governors are offended by, is that Democrats were threatening to encourage the president to uh, activate our guards in order to get them to stand down and not protect our state. So it is a dangerous situation. It is a war zone at our southern border. I'm so proud of what Texas has done, proud to stand with them. I've deployed my National Guard down there three separate times already, and we'll do what we can to help them support and defend their people. Um, it is uh, the inhumanity of the policies that are happening right now is pretty striking, Dana. I mean, you just, you see, women suffering, uh, the drug trafficking, the human trafficking that is happening because of these open border policies. It's inhumane and it needs to stop. Oh, Dana doesn't like that, of course. And you could see her face. I mean, 
Look, I mean, I know it's tough, and I know you can't, but but she sits, as a lot of them do, but like expressionless with this, looks like, you know, looks like she's dreading, you know, I don't know, whatever it is she's got to do next, like she's in pain, like she's in fear, like she's she just sits there with that face. But anyway, that's besides the point a little bit. Um, here, let's continue with cut 351. You went to the border, you call it a war zone, and now you have in the Senate mm-hmm. a bipartisan deal uh, with new border and asylum restrictions. President Biden says the law would give him emergency authority to shut down the border. And he said he would use it on day one, quote, for everyone who is demanding tough, tougher border control. This is the way to do it. If you're serious about the border, pass a bipartisan bill and I would sign it. Should your former Republican colleagues in Congress support that deal? Why doesn't President Biden take action today? I mean, today can be day one. Uh, He can immediately announce that he's reinstating the stay in Mexico policy. He can immediately announce that he's going to refocus on building a wall. He can do those today. I had listened to Nancy Pelosi talk earlier. She's been in Congress for decades and has talked about immigration for decades. And what has she accomplished? We have a president that has all the tools that he needs to protect our country today, and he's refusing to do that. Yep. Yep. Common sense. No disputing that. No question about it. The president's like, give me the authority. Give me the authority. You have the authority. Reinstate every policy that Trump had put in place that you, Mr. President, on day one reversed with your pen. Reverse it see that Trump had put in place that you, Mr. President, on day one reversed with your pen. Reverse it again with your pen. You have the authority. I hereby give you the authority. You happy now? What you didn't have the authority to do was forgive student loans, but you did that anyway. And the Supreme Court said, what the hell did you do? You don't have the authority, but you did it. Now you have the authority and you say, I don't have the authority. (laughs) Crazy, right? But good for Christy Nome, and we're not done. Here's cut 352. To look at Congress and expect them to pass a bill when they failed for decades to do this, and then to say we have to accept this poison pill of a bill that it essentially codifies illegal immigration. What it would do is put into statute that people can now come here illegally. Uh, and is just a terrible bill that I think President Trump is exactly right. It should not pass and, and push President Biden to take action because he has he, all the federal laws that he needs today well, to keep us safe, to stop the drugs that are coming into this country and killing us. We have children dying every day yeah, he, from fentanyl poisoning. Yeah, and uh, We have children wanna, every single day that in, are being Governor, trafficked and, and President say, Biden can take action and it, stop it. I want to jump in and say that uh, we do have your fellow Republicans who are working on this bill saying that the proposal Mm -hmm. would have had almost Mm -hmm. unanimous Republican support if it weren't for Donald Trump. (laughs) Doesn't address one word that the governor is saying. And when she started talking about the fentanyl coming in and killing Americans. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. I want to jump in. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't mention that. Don't go there. (laughs) didn't 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 deny one word that the governor said didn't challenge her on one word didn't acquiesce and say you're right but nothing nothing and it wouldn't have unanimous republican support 
even if it did in the Senate, it's dead in the House because the House passed their own bill last year, and that's what they want to see in this bill, and it ain't there. 5,000 illegals a day is the rumor or more. Are you crazy? That's what this bill supposedly contains. Here's cut 353. The fact of the matter is, is that when President Trump was in the White House, he secured our border. He started building a wall. He had policies in place that didn't create the chaos that we're seeing today. So you can say a lot of things and talk a lot of talk, and U.S. senators are really good at spending a story to make themselves look good. What I would say is that I'm, I always look for someone who's willing to take action. Yeah. And um, President Biden has all the authority he, he needs to take action today. Well, he can make one, a decision, call one more a press question conference on this. 10 minutes from now and announce well, he's one reinstating more, just to, just to kind of stay back on policies that notion, and we'd be better off. Governor, because you are in the House, you know, and you just mm -hmm. mentioned it, this issue has mm -hmm. been stalemated mm -hmm. because of politics for decades. And maybe mm -hmm. he does have some uh, abilities, but the asylum process and uh, and the detention process, I mean, it is it is a mess. So why not at least fix that? Why not take mm -hmm. yes for an answer? <laughs> why not take yes for an answer? Oh, well, yeah, maybe maybe the president can keep people out. And then you know what, Dana? Then the asylum process and the, the whatever else you're talking about, then it fixes itself. Because then, then you don't have 10,000, 11,000 people crossing the border every day. So let's start with the, the president going back to remain in Mexico and going back to limiting what asylum could be and all those things that Donald Trump had and put up a wall and put up razor wire. And then you know what? You won't have the problem with judges and the, and the processing because they ain't going to be coming in, not like they are now. So you're saying, well, let's just let them keep coming in, but let's let's get them processed quicker. Take yes for an answer? Really? Here is cut number three. Here is cut number 354. I think that he would have the ability to fix that, a broken immigration policy, if the president could show that he was acting in good faith. Make an announcement that, that you're changing your policies, you're reallocating resources, and going to start protecting the United States of America, and you'd have Republicans uh, coming down to the White House asking to, that, to be partners on fixing our immigration policies. Instead, what we've got is this partisan bickering back and forth and no solutions while people invade our country. Can I we've just... had almost 10 million people come into our country, and we've got a lot of people that have been on the terrorist watch list, dangerous criminals that are coming into the United States who do not love us, that we're allowing to enter our country. It's an unsafe situation, and the president can be the one who stands up and shows leadership at this time. Change your policies, build a wall, Govern secure the border. Governor, and then President let's fix Biden the is negotiating. Policy, we don't he didn't want to, to do any of one this. to do the other. Oh, but the president is negotiating. He's a good man when he's awake, when he knows what he's doing. He said, oh, good governor, I have to stop you. Is anything I'm saying wrong, Dana? No. I mean, Dana, no. Well, then why are you stopping me? Because you're, you're getting, you're too good. You're making too many good points. I can't have that on State of the Union. Here's the final cut, 355. He's negotiating because this is what Republicans but wanted him to do. So again, why not take the, the W? What, is he, why not what take has he the done? Win? What has he done? He's, he's done nothing as far as actual policies. 
and actually using the tools that he has. I sat two days ago with people that work for him that said this president is tying our hands every single day. He does not let us do our job. This president, we work for him, we work for the federal government, and we hate it. We yeah. hate our jobs and we hate what's happening to this country well, because he again, will not keep us safe. Again, there, there are lots of reasons why the immigration system is completely broken. One of them is mm -hmm. that the United States Congress, which is supposed to make the laws of the land, has been completely uh, frozen mm -hmm. on this for decades. Yeah, you leave Joe Biden alone, which I said, which notice that. How dare you put this on Joe Biden? How dare you? There are there are a lot of reasons for this. And if those border agents that you talk to don't like working for Biden, Danny, you should have said you should have just said, tell him to quit. We'll find other we'll find other people. Maybe we'll hire the illegals to be border agents. Now that'll do it. Maybe when those four New Yorkers who are on a bus right now reportedly who beat up the cop got released by the court and are now on a bus to California, maybe you could give them the job while they're giving us the finger, which they did. What a world. Steve Malsberg, one final segment left in the week right here on TNT. With his expert analysis and opinion, this is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. Hello, you must be going. I'm talking, of course, about Fanny from Fulton. Fan Fanny, fo Fanny, fee fi fo Fanny, Fanny Willis, the lead Trump persecutor down in Fulton County, Georgia. Why is Fanny in hot water? Well, you see, she violated prosecutorial ethics rules. Indeed, Fanny could end up disbarred and even behind bars as a guest of the governor. Look, we all know that she's there for her intersectionalities, not her intelligence. The sooner that these people can exit stage left, the better for their constitutional republic that we like to call the United States of America. From MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for today's News Talk TNT. I'm Belinda, and this is Willard, and we were adopted in 2021. When we first met Todd, he was singing a song, and I was like, wow, look at this kid with the biggest smile, <laughs> and he has a big heart to match. The energy you give Todd, you get it back from Todd. Yeah. Todd's a joy. Yes, Todd's is. really is a great joy. I love him. <laughs> you and you. <laughs> Learn about adopting a teen from foster care. You can't imagine the reward. Visit AdoptUSKids.org. This is the Steve Malzberg Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, folks, welcome back. Uh, don't forget, uh, tell your friends, uh, follow me on Twitter at Steve M. Talk or, uh, the, or at Malzberg Show. Facebook is Steve M. Talk. Instagram is Steve M. Talk. Um, okay, um, I want to, I mentioned at the end of the, of the Christy Noem interview, and she was great. She was great. And Dana, just panic mode, panic mode, panic mode. She's getting run over. She's getting trampled. So was Biden. And she had to do her best to come to Biden's defense. And she looked like a fool, like a agenda-driven fool, which is what she is, which is what they are. Okay. Um, so I mentioned the, the New York City cops. Four cops, two, I'm sorry, two cops beaten by a gang of uh, illegal immigrant thugs in Times Square, Last Saturday, 4 p.m., 7th Avenue, 42nd Street, where the ball drops on New Year's Eve, the whole thing. And um, there were a like five, four, four people were arrested right off the bat. They went to court. 
and they were let out without bail. There's been another one arrested. Uh, I think he had a previous warrant, so he is in custody, and they're looking for, I think, eight others. But the four that were let out reportedly are now on a bus to California, and we're paying for it. And the fact is, they're not going to go to try to intercept the bus or anything because they have a right. They were released. They could go wherever they want as long as in four months or three months they come back for their whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, right. Now, I want you to see these thugs as, as they were released from court. I want you to watch them. Watch them. Okay. Here is cut number F26. Well, let me tell you this. If I were representing them, uh, it would be in my next life. I was going to say, it would be a cold day and you let know me where. Just, let me just put it this way. You're talking about flipping the bird, the middle finger. The mayor, the DA, the president, and the governor are all flipping us the middle finger. And I'll tell you why. The first problem is Alvin Bragg. Alvin Bragg uh, didn't ask for any bail. These are Class C violent felonies. You can get bail. He didn't ask for bail. I want to know why. Number two, why didn't Alvin Bragg put this case in the grand jury so they could have been arraigned in superior court and had bail set and then they wouldn't have gone to California? That's where Alvin Bragg screwed up. Then you got Governor Hochul. Governor Hochul says, yeah, now it's a good idea after a reporter asked her. What I want to hear from the governor is this. I'm putting it in my governor's legislative package and I want the legislator to, legislature to vote on deportation, okay? The mayor is a former cop. I don't want to hear him just talking and talking. What he's got to do is call the DA and say, what are you doing and why are you not asking for bail? Okay. Um, that's my bad. I, I may have given the impression that you're going to hear them talk. The only thing they said, one of them was, I don't speak English. I, and he kept repeating it as they were given the finger to the media, the photographers, and anybody else who was there. That's what this country has come to. That's what's destroying our cities. That's why crime is out of freaking control. And when you hear these leftist morons say, A crime in major cities is down, murder is down 5%. Because murder went, and, and crime went through the roof in the, uh, in the George Floyd era and post-George Floyd era. And if it's down a pittance, it's still way up compared to what it used to be. And now we let thugs like them walk the streets. People who attack cops are released. They're on video doing it and they're released. Yep. Keep voting Democrat, folks. That's what you get. All right, everybody, I want you to have a great rest of your weekend, no matter where you are in that weekend cycle. And God willing, uh, I will be here on Monday, same place, same time. Tell your friends, tell your enemies, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on TNT. TNT.